Welcome to KJV Cafe, where we explore great truths from God's holy word in a simple, down-to-earth fashion. Romans 10:17 shows us where faith comes from. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Let's grow our faith together in the cafe today. Our program is hosted by Pastor Clark Covington and brought to you by Heartland Ministries. Grab your Bible and a hot cup of coffee or tea and join us now as we explore God's holy word. All right, thank you for joining me. Good to be here today at the cafe. I hope you're having a wonderful day, a wonderful week. Here we have a remarkable psalm, Psalm 4. Oh, this is one of my favorites, one that I've been thinking about, spending time on, chewing the cud over Psalm 4. I'm going to read it, and I'm going to give you some points from this psalm. This will bless you. I am going to say that again. This will bless you beyond measure. Amen. Not from anything I could say, but from God's sweet Holy Spirit, from the words that come out of the psalmist's writing here. It's absolutely gorgeous. It's beautiful. It's magnificent. It's artwork. It's um, it's practical. It's applicable. I could go on and on, but let me just get to it. Psalm 4. Hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness. Thou hast enlarged me when I was in distress. Have mercy upon me and hear my prayer. O ye sons of men, how long will you ter- turn my glory into shame? How long will ye love vanity and seek after leasing? Selah. But know that the Lord hath set apart him that is godly for himself. The Lord will hear when I call unto him. Stand in awe and sin not. Commune with your own heart upon your bed and be still. Selah. Offer the sacrifices of righteousness and put your trust in the Lord. There be many that say, who will show us any good? Lord, lift thou up the light of thy countenance upon us. Thou hast put gladness in my heart, more than in the time that their corn and their wine increased. I will both lay me down in peace and sleep, for thou, Lord, only makest me to dwell in safety. Oh, I love that psalm. Psalm 4, especially that last verse, is just remarkable. This, in a nutshell, is God's love. It's God's plan for his people. Uh, it's, it's, it's a prescription for living happy and joyful and rejoicing, even in the hardest of times. Psalm 4 is just remarkable, and it's only eight verses. But I could preach on this for, I, I, God help me, but for years. I could preach on this for years. Uh, but hey, we've only got 15 minutes. Amen. So let me get to it. Number one, hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness. So David starts here saying, hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness. Is God the God of your righteousness? Are you living as God has taught you to live through his word, uh, through the scriptures? Are you living a life pleasing to God? If you are, then you can say, hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness. And David goes on to say, thou hast enlarged me when I was in distress. Isn't that true? That when we're in distress, when we're in great times of trouble, that God Almighty enlarges us. God Almighty helps us. And and I can think of this in so many ways. Uh, Thinking back to times when I had nothing and I really was struggling. And I, I just said in my nothingness, God, I'm imperfect and I'm broken. And there's nothing that I can do to fix it. You got to get to that point where you say, I can't fix it. 
And guess what happens then? Oh man, when you give it to God and you say, God, I can't fix it, but I'm just trusting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and you truly give it to him, you don't just make that profession of faith and go back to your sinful life, but you give it to him, he just starts a working things out. And you say to yourself, well, I didn't do anything, but gosh, this thing got worked out and that thing got worked out. And I'm just feeling a little bit more joyful and I just have a little bit more pleasure in the simple things. And I just have a little bit more love for the brethren. I just have this uh, wanting to share, this burning desire to share this sweet gift that God has given me with others. And uh, I just want to talk about eternity and how I'm going to be there with the Lord. It's your whole, everything changes. You're enlarged by God. And it's his grace that enlarges us in our distress. And God is more than willing to offer you that grace if you haven't been saved, but you've got to be saved. You've got to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And then you also have to be living for him to fully enjoy it. If not, you're grieving the Holy Spirit. And then what do we see here? Have mercy upon me and hear my prayer. You know, God's mercy is what allows our prayers to be heard. And how specifically? Through Jesus Christ, the great mediator, right? He is our mediator. So when we're saved, you got the Holy Trinity in action, right? You've got God the Father, and we're saved by God the Son. So God the Father sent God the Son, right? Uh, to do the finished work on the cross, die for our sins, be buried three days, resurrected gloriously, uh, walk this earth for 40 days and 40 nights, was seen by uh, many people, over uh, 500, I believe. Okay, that work on the cross, and he sent it up to heaven, is at the right hand of the Father today. That work on the cross is what saved us. When we accept Christ as Savior, we then have our mediator. Like I said, he's at the right hand of the Father. So we're praying, right? How do we pray? Well, when we get saved, when we believe on Jesus Christ and his finished work on the cross, we have the Holy Spirit working within us, and that Holy Spirit communicates with God the Father through Jesus Christ the Mediator, and that's the Holy Trinity. Trinity. That's why we have God's mercy. His mercy is Jesus Christ. That is his mercy. His mercy is allowing us to be saved when our sin was so great we should have been condemned, right? Because on our own, our righteousness is as dirty rags. It's as dirty gauze pads. It's as nothing good. But with Jesus Christ, now we have a position with the Lord. In fact, we are co-heirs with Christ. It's hard to believe. We go from sinners on the way to hell to uh, royalty, to God's children, amen, to uh, having an eternal place in heaven. And that's God's mercy. Verse 2, O ye sons of men, how long will ye turn my glory into shame? How long will ye love vanity and seek after leasing? Selah. Okay, verse 2. God's glory to shame. So here David's writing the first person. He's writing about God. How long are you going to turn God's glory to shame? Through vanity. What is in, what is vanity? What are vain things? It's improper use, right? Think of like a bag. Uh, a girl buys an expensive handbag, right? She doesn't need it. It's an improper use. The handbag was fine, but she got a very expensive handbag, and it's an improper use. You have a handbag that's the function as something that's supposed to get dirty and carry, uh, you know, diapers for your kids or carry your wa- wallet or whatever. And now all of a sudden this expensive thing, improper use, that's a silly example, but you get the idea of vanity, vain things. Uh, you know, guys, I'm not going to pick on the women here, guys, sports cars. I love cars. I absolutely love cars, but you have a real expensive car. That's vanity, right? Uh, you have a job all of a sudden becomes your life and who you are and your ego. That's vanity. All these vain things, they're, they're shallow. It's the improper use. And so through vanity, you brought God's glory to shame because we're here to glorify God. And through vanity, you've brought it to shame. And the word leasing in verse two, um, 
How long will you seek after leasing, right? So, well, that means lying, uh, deceitful, false, uh, liar. Psalm 5, 6 is the only other place that this word leasing appears in the Bible. Thou shalt destroy them that speak leasing or lies. The Lord will abhor the bloody and deceitful man or the tricking man, right? So that's what we have there uh, in, in verse 2. So we have here um, basically God's glory, his righteousness, and then we have these bad things, people acting unrighteous, people lying and acting shameful. And so what do we see here? Uh, verse four, or excuse me, verse three, but know that the Lord hath set apart him that is godly for himself. The Lord will hear when I call unto him. And so we have here the inverse. So we have, okay, hear me, God, please. You're my righteousness. You've enlarged me in my distress. Hear my prayer. Then you have verse two, O sons of men, you're turning God's glory into shame. You love vanity, you're lying and so forth. And then we have verse three, what's the opposite of lying? Living godly. And we have in verse three that the Lord has set him apart that is godly. The Lord has taken the godly and said, this little remnant, this small group, they're mine. They're mine. Amen. Well, what does that mean? That means that we're set apart part by God's grace for him, to serve for him, to live him. Some of those translations, especially Paul, calls himself a prisoner to Christ. Other ones say bond slave. You know, the Lord will hear us when we call unto him because we're set apart. Proverbs 15, 29 speaks it perfectly. The Lord is far from the wicked, but he heareth the prayer of the righteous. Doesn't that go in the way of the, the ways of the world, which, oh, God hears everyone's prayers the same, or God doesn't hear anyone's prayers? No, God is picking sides. God's saying, if you're living wicked, I'm not going to hear you. And there's tons of scripture on that. Um, and then he says, if you're living righteous, I'm going to hear you. And there's tons of scripture on that. And so trust me, look it up for yourself. Uh, study to show, show yourselves approved unto God. Proverbs 15, 29 says, The Lord is far from the wicked, but he heareth the prayer of the righteous. So when we are living for God, he hears our prayers. He enlarges us in our distress. Amen. Oh, that's so good. He hears us. Let me see here. Verse 4. Verse 4. Stand in awe and sin not. Commune with your own heart upon your bed and be still. Selah. Verse four, stand in awe. You know, we need to be still and know that he is God. We need to understand that he has all power, that he hears our prayers, that in times of distress, he can resolve them. Or if he's bringing us through those problems, his ways are higher than ours ways and his reasoning is good. His reasoning is perfect. There's a reason behind it. Amen. Stand in awe. Fear him right? When we stand in awe, when we're in awe, you know, if you're speechless, when you see someone, uh, I remember I had a student one time and as a student, a college kid, he was a great athlete. I didn't know what would happen to him. He was a friend of mine. He went to the NBA, he played, he was a very high draft pick and everything. And I remember seeing him again. And all of a sudden that friend, I could barely talk to him. It was stuttering when I saw him because he was a celebrity. I was a little bit in awe, but how do we act with God? Do we just turn to him as a last ditch effort or are we in awe of the almighty creator? The one that deserves all our awe, the one that deserves all our respect, the one that we should fear with a healthy fear. And then the scripture says, commune in bed with yourself. How good is that? We need to reckon who God is. We need to sit there and calculate it all day long. We'll calculate how much money we have in the bank. We'll calculate how many days of vacation we have or calculate how many days kids are at school and all, all that. How often do we calculate who God is and what God's doing? Because we're seeing here in Psalm 4, God's saying, trust me, calculate, look at who I am, commune with yourself and think about who I am and what what I can do. And then verse five, offer the sacrifices of righteousness and put your trust in the Lord. 
What's our sacrifice of righteousness? That's living holy, amen? It's not easy to live holy. Sacrificing for righteousness is saying, I'm going to be sober. I'm not going to go to the bar. I'm not going to go to the liquor store. Sacrificing for righteousness is saying, I'm not going to look at the dirty picture. Sacrificing for righteousness is saying, I'm not going to gossip. I'm not going to hop on social media and gossip and do these things. Sacrificing for righteousness is saying, I'm going to live holy for God, no matter if I'm a teenager, a college kid, I'm in school, I'm a senior saint of God, I'm going to live for him. That's a sacrifice that goes against our fleshly sin nature. But we are called to do that in verse 5. Offer the sacrifices of righteousness. And then it says, put our trust in the Lord. That's what all this comes down to. Who is our trust in? Who do we trust? Do we trust man? Do we trust the world? Or do we trust God? Amen. We are called to trust God. We are called to trust him. Verse 6, there be many that say, who will show us any good? Lord, lift up the light of thy countenance or his face upon us. You know, there's many in this world who say, who will help us? There's many that are distressed. The, you know, the harvest is great. There are many that are brokenhearted that need the good news of Jesus Christ as Savior to need to understand that this God, this God written about in Psalm 4 is real and he's alive and he can save and he can change you and he can make you into a brave soul that, that doesn't fear when they go to bed, that doesn't have anxieties because they've given it to him and his glory is upon them through the working of the Holy Spirit. They need to hear about that. They're saying, who will show us any good in this world? How true is that today? And then verse, let's see here, verse seven, thou hast put gladness in my heart more than in the time of their corn and their wine increased. What does that mean? That means that when we're living abundantly, we have a lot of good things, but it's nothing compared to what God does for us. And then verse eight, verse eight here, uh, the result, the fruit, I will both lay me down in peace and sleep for thou Lord only makest me to dwell in safety. Amen. Only through God are we able to dwell in safety. What does that mean? That means that God is the one that gives us a peace, that gives us a comfort. He's alone is the one that we trust. He alone is the one that's worthy. He alone is everything. And so we have to just praise him that he'll allow us to have that peace that surpasses all understanding. And it's all through the loving nature of who God is. I hope you understand that today. We're not even going to have an outro today. I'm going to bring this all the way to the end of the message because he is so good that I love him. I can't stop talking about him. Verse 8 Verse eight, I will both lay me down in peace and sleep for thou Lord only makest me to dwell in safety. It's only by God's grace. Read Psalm four, especially verse eight. Just read it over and over again when you're going through hardships and you'll be blessed because he alone makes us to dwell in safety. Thank you for joining me. Amen. Take care.